the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Well, hello and thank you for joining us today. It's a fantastic weekend to be alive. Good day to you. My name is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR, The Word in South Texas. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This program is called Church of the Week, and uh, at the same time, every weekend, you get an opportunity to get to meet a pastor in and around San Antonio. We uh, love the fact that you listen to our radio station, and you get some great teaching, some great biblical guidance by some wonderful ministers uh, around the United States and even here locally. Um, but we want to make sure that you are engaged with the local community church, and that's why we bring you Church of the Week. So here with us today is a pastor from Victory San Antonio, Pastor A.D. Smoot, along with his wife, uh, Pastor M.J. Smoot. Welcome to the studio, guys. Good to have you. Thank you. It's good Thank to be here. Us. I don't know if you've been here before, have you? Is this the first no, time? No, sir. All right. I know I've seen you around in different meetings, but yes. not necessarily around these hallways. Although your son, Weston... He's like a, he's like family here, yeah. you know. He's in and out, and everybody knows him, Weston Martinez. Well, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about you. Give us a little bit of a background. Tell us about your upbringing. Are you uh, are you a San Antonian? Uh, how soon did you get here? Were you born here? What's the deal? Yeah, I was born in Poteet, Texas, but I left there when I was about three days old. <laughs> yeah, something against strawberries or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been in San Antonio all my life. We did have a two year hiatus when we were in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, for a while, and but. Uh, We've been here in San Antonio's home. All we right. love San Antonio. We love the people of San Antonio. What were you doing in Oklahoma? In Oklahoma, we actually went up there with uh, Mary Jane's work for her to finish out her career okay. with Southwestern Bell. And uh, while we were there, we really got uh, a vision. Uh, you know, there's a there's a climate in San Antonio and excuse me in Oklahoma in mm-hmm. Tulsa Oklahoma a spiritual climate that is different from any place I've ever been and we re- really got a vision for not only our area wherever we were but for for the world uh, yeah. Christian world mm-hmm. and so that's what we were, we were doing there we came back and started a church here Victory San Antonio and uh We'll celebrate in June this year. We'll celebrate eight years. All right. Victory San Antonio. Awesome. MJ, how big of a family you got? Born at, pardon? How big of a family do you have? I have four brothers, four siblings, mm-hmm. and um, born and raised here in San Antonio. And when we went to Tulsa, we started praying, where in the world do you want us to go? We knew that we would pastor once I was retired. We were always assistant pastors before that. And so we prayed and we had off, we had some offers and AD said, let's go to Mexico. And I told him, I'm not moving unless I hear the voice of God. So we went down there, wasn't God. Mm. We did have an eternal c- connection, but we were called to San Antonio. And as a pastor, you hear all those scriptures about Jesus, uh, didn't have favor in his hometown, but we knew 
the greatest thing that we've learned is to hear the voice of God for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so although we have great mentors and great teachers that we are accountable to, we have to hear God for ourselves. So we knew that we were supposed to start the church here in San Antonio. We're in the northwest part of the city. And um, it's a great mission field. Yes. And we love it. We're so happy in what we're doing. I tell everybody it's what we do for fun, churching. Yeah, churching. <laughs> That's good. So how do, you, how do you know? How do you know when God is in it and God is specifically calling you? Because all of us at some point in our lives, and maybe some pe- people that are listening right now, are in a position of transition. They're transitioning from uh, maybe one church to another, maybe one city to another, uh, whatever. In whatever transition there is, like, like the one that you were in, how do you know which is, you know, one, one, one way leads to what you want and another way leads to what God wants? How can you discern which is really the right way to go? Well, uh, and, and I'm sorry, before you answer it, because sometimes I know that we want to do what we want to do and we stick God in it and say, well, this must be okay with God because of this. And so we justify. So how can we, how, how do we know the difference? Well, one of the things that I've learned is that uh, you have such a burning desire to be utilized by God. I never wanted to be before an audience. If you would have asked me when I was in high school to uh, stand up before the class and say something to them, it would have been like pulling all my teeth without an anesthetic. (laughs) I would have left town. But God put something in me to where I wanted to tell people about the things of God and about his word and to see uh, the body of Christ strengthened and increased. And it's just such a yearning when you hear someone preach and you you submit yourself to them, to a a particular church, a particular pastor. uh, Even so, you're sitting there and you're thinking uh, about the way I would say this. Not that uh, they said anything wrong or not that you would improve upon what they said, but you're just thinking about what you would do. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, you just have to settle it in your heart, what God puts in your heart. You have to settle it with God. And you can't settle it with mankind. It it doesn't have to be. It doesn't uh, necessarily need approval from anyone. It's just something that you have to go for, and it's something that you don't feel fulfilled. We have a small congregation, but we are fulfilled I'm fulfilled every Sunday morning when I come out of the church service because I know that I've done what God has called me to do. Mm-hmm. We learned a long time ago to follow peace. It's really the most excellent answer. We worked with Mark Crouch, nephew to Paul and Jan years ago, to get San Antonio back on the air here in San Antonio. Mm. We worked with them cable, quite a long time. Cable television. And yeah. um, A.D. asked um, Mark, how does Paul make all those decisions where the towers to go in those other countries? And uh, Mark told us that Paul said, Paul said he always follows peace. Hmm. And when you have peace, the peace of God, that it transcends all obstacles. And when you have the rhema of God that you know, that you know, that you know, that God told you and it's in your heart. The the ups and downs come and go, but you know that you're in the right place at the right time, like A.D. says, doing the right thing with the right people. And so we have that great uh, fulfillment within ourselves because we know that we are right where God is supposed to, right where God has us, doing exactly what God is supposed to has wants us to do and we do our part and then we let god do his part what were some of the obstacles that presented themselves to you when uh, for example when you were in mexico 
and you knew that you you didn't necessarily have that peace. You knew that there was more peace knowing that you had to be here in San Antonio. What were some of the obstacles that might have presented themselves to you that would want to switch your mind to believe? I'll tell you two great sure. things there. First of all, A.D. is the eighth-generation pastor. So all of his family thinks we're supposed to go someplace besides San Antonio. Eighth generation. Because they wow. are all here. <laughs> Eighth generation to be ordained into the ministry. Wow. And in Tulsa, they loved us. Yeah. Our pastor is Pastor Sharon from Victory, Tulsa, Oklahoma. They have 15,000 members, uh, about 1,500 Bible schools all over, the, all over the world. And so we're very close to the top up there. Um, and all of those people wanted us to stay there. And so we really had to fight through all of that, all our dear close friends and relatives telling us, no, that's not right. Are you sure? No, that couldn't be God. Mm. But the (laughs) thing about A.D. and I is we are on the same page. We pray and we get the answers from God. One time we were going through a great dilemma here in San Antonio in another church that we were assistant pastors at. And I was at the kitchen table praying hard Mm. ad was outside on the swing praying hard and he opened the back door and he says i got it and i said i got it too we're supposed to be children's pastors he said yes how did you get it wow (laughs) and it was uh it was the uh, door exiting something where we weren't comfortable with and it was perfect nobody figured it out for a long time we raised the children get them baptized filled with the holy spirit and uh it's all god so we have uh, a high our number one uh, focus is to get people to read the Word of God, filled with the Spirit, and learn to hear from God for yourself. Amen. A Christian should not be going to every every place else to try to find out what God wants them to do. And so I think that's the most valuable thing we do. And then our claim to fame is we have a lot of answered prayer. A lot of Hallelujah. answered prayer. And so... Um, because we pray the word and we don't pray what we want. We have to pray the word of God because the Bible says God's word will not return to him void. Mm-hmm. We've had people come and ask us to pray things like A.D. had an aunt come and ask us to pray that her son wouldn't marry this person, this lady. And we said, we can't pray that. There's nothing in the Bible. There's no basis. And so I think you can tell just with our little time with you that we have great passion. We have great love. And we know we that comes from knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. And so, like A.D. said, we've got it settled between us and God and everything else just has to come. Yes. And uh, I, I don't know so much about uh, obstacles we overcame, but something that I learned while we were going through this process is that uh, I want to give people opportunity in ministry. Like at our church, I give various people opportunity to preach. I don't have to be the only one that's preaching all the time. And uh, I, I do that because I was, like I said a while ago, about being fulfilled. And even in that uh, lack of fulfillment, there can be frustration. And at times I was frustrated that I wasn't the one that was presenting the Word of God. And that's not an egotistical thing. It's just something, like I said a while ago, that God puts a, such a burning desire in your heart that you want to tell the people about the things of God. You want to teach and preach the Word of God. And so through that, I learned that uh, uh, sometimes you're not people aren't given opportunity, and they just need to be given opportunity. And then one of the things I learned is, what if someone I give opportunity to, to does better than me. Uh, and I'm like, uh, 
okay, what if they do? Sure. That's good. Absolutely. It's not about me. It's about the gospel. That's right. It's about the, the continuing of the gospel. It's about bringing people into the body of Christ. Like I said, about strengthening and increasing the body of Christ. Amen. That's correct. This is Pastor uh, A.D. Smoot you've been listening to, along with his wife, M.J. Smoot, to hear of uh, Victory San Antonio. Located at, um, actually they meet at, um, at Woods of Chavano Clubhouse, the address being 13838 Park, Parkside Woods, uh, over at De Zavala. More information about the church or you want to get in touch with them, learn more about what's going on uh, with their ministry, call 210-492-7700. Again, number is 210-492-7700. And, of course, you can always go online at victorysanantonio.org. Sunday services are at 10 a.m. Uh, and I understand there's also some things going on during the week. Why don't you tell us what happens on Mondays uh, and on Tuesdays? Monday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., we meet at uh, University Oaks Clubhouse about one block north of Clark High School, and we've been praying for America and government for about four years now. Beth Alvis started the group, and she said that God called her to raise up intercessors and prophets, and then she turned the group over to me, and right when that happened, it took a turn towards government. And so now about uh, 15 people are coming from all over the city. That's It always has been a larger group. Different denominations and different churches. And not everybody's spirit-filled. But we get in there and we do business. And the new new people that come, they say, boy, I really feel like I beat up the devil. And the reason they feel that way is because that's what we do. We defeat the enemy with the word of God. And so it's very exciting, you know. Right now, the way I see it here in the United States, we we are not near the cliff. We have gone over the cliff as far as Christianity and Judeo-Christian values being upheld in our society. And, you know, um, Weston being a candidate for representing Judeo-Christian values and us as well, besides those people running for that will run for office, they need prayer backing and um let me give you this bit of information. AD and I, we're, we've been in, we're very involved for a long time. And when the NDO was passed, we were down there in City Hall with Charles Flowers and all the other pastors that and were me. there. You were there? Yes. And the net, you know, we were so devastated. Castro gave us that horrible, um, degrading conversation at the end of it, telling us what we were and weren't going to do. And the next morning in church, the Lord spoke to me and he said, is San Antonio Sodom and Gomorrah or Nineveh. And before I could answer, he and we were all very disappointed, you know, that next day, which was a Sunday. And the Lord spoke to me that we are Nineveh. Amen. So I am so excited. I have that word of the Lord deposited me just like Mary had Jesus. And I guarded in my heart. And I know that we are in for a huge revival here in San Antonio. I know that what Satan meant for bad, God is going to turn to good. And I know that that, that all comes from prayer and intercession and pulling down the what what God has the through the open windows of heaven to manifest here in this realm. Before we go on and talk about what happens on Tuesday, I want you to explain a little bit about the difference between Sodom and Gomorrah versus Nineveh. Because someone might be listening to you, their ears perked up, like, okay, I, I I like what she's saying, but they don't know the difference between one and the other. What does that mean? In Sodom and Gomorrah, um, God always sends an evangelist trying to get people saved, and He sent the evangelist Lot and his family and. Uh, you know that there was that conversation between God and uh, where he's Abraham, where he said, you know, I require so many people and I would spare the city. And so in Sodom and Gomorrah, there were not enough 
people that would stand for God to where God would spare Sodom and Gomorrah. Now in Nineveh, that is where um, God sent his, who is it? His, um, the whale, Jonah. 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 <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. That's why I was escaping my mind. Like, uh, Noah, Abraham, uh, Noah, uh, Jonah. Jonah. Yeah. God sent Jonah yes, to tell the people that they needed to repent. And so when he spoke to the king, the king said, I'm calling a fast. Everything is going to fast and pray. Even the animals fasted yeah. in Nineveh. And the Bible says that God relented from his judgment. And see, that's what we have to have in America. Number one, we need a president that will call this nation to prayer and fasting. And I know of only one that has done it, and that's Rick Perry when he called the response in Houston. Yes. Were you there, too? I was there. Absolutely. I was there, too. Yeah, yes. Five. <laughs> and so uh, Chuck Pierce said that that was the first gathering that shook the uh, foundations of hell because it was the real church coming together. Yep. And so in Nineveh, they repented and God relented. And that's what I believe is San Antonio. It's bad. It's real bad. But like A.D. said earlier, with God, all things are possible to him that believe. And we are believing hard, fast, and strong. And and many are gathering. It's not just us. I know there. I'm very encouraged about many people are praying for San Antonio. Many people are praying for Texas. Many people are praying for the United States. And God is faithful. And he will answer us with a great revival. Let me go back to Beth Alvis one moment. She goes to a lot of conferences, and every time she gets back, she says, get out your notebook. I'm going to give you about four pages of notes. And I say, okay, Beth, but I have one question before we start. Are we still headed towards the glory days in the church? She says, yes. I said, all right, that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you know, one of the things that I remember about, about the story of Jonah is that he was reluctant to go. Yes. It was He didn't just go... But he was reluctant, and it, and when he finally did do what God was calling him to do, that was the turnaround that we saw in the city of Nineveh. Yes. And so San Antonio has been that way, and yes. you you describe San Antonio as the modern exactly. day Nineveh. Exactly. We have we as Christians, just generally speaking, have kind of been in the background. We've kind of been reluctant. We kind of bought the whole politically correctness. Let's mm. not talk about Jesus in our workplace. Let's not offend anybody. And God is calling us to stand firm on his word Absolutely. and to live out loud and not to, not to offend and be ugly and, but to, no. but to be correct, biblically correct, as you mentioned uh, offline here earlier, not necessarily being politically correct, but being biblically correct and, and standing up for that and not being ashamed of it. Amen. Yes. That's what Amen. we need more and more in the city, in, in our state and in our nation. Yes. And, and not only, uh, in the prayer closet, not only from the pulpit, but in the public square, right. we have to stand up for what is right and righteous. And, uh, you know, the Word of God tells us about uh, righteousness and wickedness and that Jesus loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Mm. Now, most of us in uh, Christian circles I've come to uh, observe they're so concerned about the love of God, which I'm not diminishing in any way, shape, or form, but it's almost like a Tiny Tim tiptoe through the tulips type love. <laughs> but that's not the kind of love that God is or that God displays. Uh, his love is so great that it is contrary. It is totally against anything that is against him or that is contrary to him, contrary to his righteousness, his holiness, his godliness. And that's the way it is in the in the world today. There are things that are against us because of our love. But the thing about it is, even so, 
We love people, but we don't have to love certain things. We stand against that wickedness. God, the, the Word of God says that God exalted Jesus because he loved righteousness and hated wickedness. And I think that's a place that we have to come to. I know the word hate is a very strong word. I don't even like to use it. And I had a hard time understanding because God is love. I had a hard time understanding, yet God hates on the other side of Mm. that. But the thing that we have to understand is he hates those things that are contrary to his holiness, godliness, and righteousness. And why does he hate them? Because they are detrimental Mm. to mankind. Yeah. And really, it's the love of God that will empower people yes. to be able to make those changes that will benefit their entire life, their entire family, their legacy, once they're able to overcome things like addiction, rejection, uh, suicidal thoughts, all those kinds of things. It's like that scripture, that song we like to sing in church. It says, I found the place where I belong. You know why people don't fit in the world? You don't belong out there. Mm. You belong in the church, and the church is where you get empowered to go out and minister to those that are not in the church. They need the love of God, and it's more loving to tell someone the truth than it is to just look the other way. Yeah, And so that's the way we feel. We're very forward. We're very, we have tremendous compassion, but don't come over here trying to tell us what uh, God says and didn't say, because like A.D. told somebody online the other day, I'm too knowledgeable about the Bible. You can't fool me. (laughs) And so when you know the word of God, that is the number one tool. And that's how we love people. The scripture says it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. Well, how is the goodness of God going to be demonstrated except through you and I? Exactly. At the grocery store, the workplace, the school, the university, it's us. But we have to come out of the closet. Everything else has come out of the closet. So why don't the Christians come out of the closet and be bold about you don't have to be bold about major things if you don't want to, but about your testimony. Sure. Where were you before you accepted Jesus? Where are you now? Those things are very ministering. Everybody needs hope right now. Right. We're in a very hopeless situation. And the Bible says that Je- it's the Jesus is the hope of glory. Amen. Christ and in you, the hope, the hope of, of glory. glory. Yes. Right. Christ in you. It's in you. And when you're encouraging people like we do, you can do it. God's going to help you. One time from the platform, I said, sometimes we meet people on the worst day of their life. Everybody in the audience was shaking their head up and down. One time we met a lady on an airplane, and and she was all crying. And I showed her our bulletin and how God would forgive her. It was a picture of the globe. And I said, if you ask God's forgiveness, he puts it as far as the east is from the west, and the east never meets the west. She started sobbing. We were only going from here to Dallas. I gave her the bulletin. I said, come to Victory San Antonio. We'll love you. The next Sunday we got back, she was in the parking lot waiting. She ran with her arms to A.D. and gave him a big bear Mm. hug. She gave me a bear hug like uh, crushing my ribs. (laughs) (laughs) And she and all her family came and got restored. She went and got a job that week. She had never worked and just suffered a great divorce. And she, they've been uh, solid with the Lord ever since, live in other states now, and still connected. Because when you show the love of God, it is eternal. And people don't forget when you help them. Well, you were the living version of that, of that scripture. Christ in you, the hope <laughs> yes, of glory. She found that glory. hope yeah. simply yes. because you opened your mouth and you shared the love of Christ. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not about... 
It's not about condemning and no. bashing people and you're going to hell and we're right and you're wrong. It's not about that, but being firm in the word, that, that's right. not going to change. God doesn't change. Exactly. So he hasn't changed his opinion or not his opinion. He hasn't, he hasn't changed his ways, you know, through time. He's still the same God. That same God that hates evil is the same, yes. back then is the same God that hates evil today. Yes. But we got to learn to do it in love and, in and love. And so I remember the days of the NDO and, yeah, and was hard. I, there was, there was, yeah, there were some times where I would look at people that are on our side, the Christian side, and I'm scratching my head. And even at the prayer uh, meeting in Houston, uh, I was like, wow, really? I mean, you're, you, you, you call yourself a Christian, but you're bashing people. They're never going to love. They're never, that's not shining the light of Jesus Christ. Well, so the word tells us about speaking the truth in love. Yes. We have to exercise love. It's like I said a, a little earlier that, uh, God, that love conquers all, and love never fails. And that's, of course, the love of God. And uh, when we speak the truth in love, do I become your enemy? The answer, the implied answer there, of course, is no, I don't become your enemy. I become someone that's that's uh, on your side, that's trying to help you, that wants to help you, that wants to bring you out of uh, the darkness, out of those things that that are meant to, designed to destroy you. Mm-hmm. And it it is love. You know, faith itself is operable by love. Mm-hmm. Without the love of God, and, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. So without the love of God, we can't even properly exercise faith. Right. Well, our time is gone. I, mean, we've, I can't it believe went by it. real quick. We thought yes. we were gonna, it was going to be difficult to fill this time, but it's so easy to get involved. Once you start talking about God, <laughs> right. you know, time flies, right? <laughs> right. So we're so grateful uh, for what you guys are doing. We're, we're grateful that you listened to the voice of God and came to San Antonio. So um, thank you for being we're here. We're grateful. Thank you for having us. Yes, Absolutely. It was a pleasure. And we want to just uh, remind everybody that you you can uh, visit with um, A.D. and M.J. Smoot over at Victory San Antonio by going to the Woods of Chavano Clubhouse, uh, located at 13838 Parkside Woods at De Zavala. More information by calling 210-492-7700 and, uh, of course, online, victorysanantonio.org. If you don't have a place of worship, we invite you to go out there Sunday at 10 a.m. Get to meet them. Again, victorysanantonio.org for more information. Thank you. I'm Mark Longoria. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.